This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agopymatch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. This week's guest is Anonymous. But before I call in Anonymous, I just want to thank you for listening to season one of Ask a Matchmaker. Today's the last episode. And, you know, I chose Anonymous because throughout this year of recording this podcast, and of course, the last few years of answering your dating and relationship questions on, on social media, I have received a lot of closure letters. And Anonymous's closure letter recently came in and I read it and you know, it focused so much around her path to healing. And I thought, wow, what, what a great way to end season one before we head into season two. Um, if you have not heard the season two teaser episode, listen to last week's episode. But today, as I mentioned, we are going to be talking about healing with Anonymous. We have kept Anonymous anonymous for a reason. Anonymous, welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. So let's talk about your closure letter. First of all, you know, you, you sent something in. I'm not going to read it. I think that's what we're going to talk about. But what was that like for you to, to do that? First of all, have you ever thought, have you ever done a closure letter before? Like explain to me the whole process here. Yeah, I have never done a closure letter before. And actually, I've been a listener of the podcast since it started. And I've heard you read closure letters. And I always thought like, oh, these are really interesting. And, and they make great episodes. But I just like, I never thought that would be for me. I didn't think there was anything that I would get out of writing a closure letter. Um, and I mean, the one I sent you is from a breakup from 2018. So years ago at this point. Um, and I think I just, I realized I was still holding on to a lot of anger and not that I want to be back with this person or regret, um, you know, how things ended, but I just, I didn't want to feel angry anymore about what happened. I really wanted to just let it go. And one night I just sat down and I, I, and I started writing when the sun was up and um, I just found myself hours later in the dark since I hadn't turned on any lights, I hadn't moved and I had just written out this whole letter and sending it to you immediately. I just felt a weight lifted. Tell me a little bit more about, I mean, I'm so, I'm so appreciative when I received it. I, I, to be honest, I cried. I was like, wow, like oh. I could feel like, I could feel it. I could totally feel um, that, that weight. But this was like three years ago, right? You broke up in 2018. Mm -hmm. I feel like the pandemic has added 10 years to our lives. So why do you think you were holding on to anger for that long? I mean, it's, it's a good question. I think it's hard to deal with betrayal. And I think for me, it was just a lot of feeling upset at myself for having misjudged someone and having put um, put myself in that position, ignoring red flags. I think I held a lot of guilt and shame for a long time about my role in this. Um, I think when it first happened, I, I mean, it's obviously blindsided and, you know, I don't forgive him for, yeah. So what, what happened? 
Yes. Well, let's start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Um, (laughs) Yep. So we actually worked at the same company. I was living across the country at that point and we met and I knew I was moving. So my lease was ending and I knew I didn't want to stay out there. I wanted to move back home toward my family. So it was kind of the perfect, uh, perfect fling. Like this guy's cute. He's nice. We have fun, but it's not serious because I know I'm moving. Um, and then fast forward to a few months later when, you know, we decide to go long distance and it it turns out not to be a fling. Okay. And then he moved, did he finally move to the city? Yes. Um, so we ended up moving in together, uh, right away. Immediately? Immediately. Yep. It was, I know at the time it felt like, oh, this is like a romantic fairy tale. This is one of those movies where just things happen so fast and it's so great. Was it like a, was it a one bedroom or a two bedroom? One bedroom. And how long were you dating before you moved in? Oh my gosh. Not that long. Probably. Well, I guess by the time we moved in, it was a few months, but I think we made the decision to move in only, uh, maybe six weeks in, it was something crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That is crazy. Like, I think, you know, I get this question a lot. Like, why do you think, you know how I feel? Uh, like I always say like, Oh, don't move in until you're Mm -hmm. engaged. And it's not that, you know, look, marriage is not for everyone. And I'm certainly not promoting that you have to get married to like want to live with someone. However, I think what frustrates me when people do move in with each other, because I, I get the breakup stories, right. Is It's not, you know, you don't, you can move in with each other before you're engaged. Of course, this is a free country. Do whatever the hell you want. I just don't want the reason why you are moving in with someone to be because your lease is up or because the rent is cheaper and, or because I guess in your case, you think your life is a romantic comedy. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it was part romantic comedy, part just um, budget of, well, why get two apartments if we anticipate spending basically every night together and yeah. Right. And I think that I always say like, you know, the reasons why you should move in together should be because you see that as a major milestone of your relationship that should lead to additional milestones after, not because rent is cheaper. It's okay to have your separate spaces, you know? Mm -hmm. No. And I'm absolutely a convert to that now. And I I forget who said this, but um, someone made a, made a commentary that was like, this is the only time in your life you get to live alone. Once you get married and have kids, you're never getting to live alone again. So kind of cherish that time, which uh, is something I now um, hold very, uh, very deep. I mean, even like the girls from Broad City, if I know it's a show, but like Mm you, they're, they're together all day, Abby and Alana, but they still have separate apartments that they live with other men, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they still have separate apartments when they're together all day. Like, you know, it's okay to have separate places Mm -hmm. um, until, you know, you decide that you, that's the next step for your relationship, not for your budget. All right. So that's not the point of today. Um, okay. So, so, you know, he moved to the city and then how long were you dating? Um, from that point, I think we, we dated for about two years. We were living together, dating. Um, we eventually got engaged and yeah, we're moving towards this wedding date. And, you know, in, in retrospect, I, I should have seen red flags. I mean, there were definitely fights and, and things that were coming up that weren't necessarily directly related to the wedding, but sort of more just general conflict was coming up. And then like what kind? Um, like, you know, we're supposed to have plans with my family and he just sort of, um, you know, is several hours late and is, you know, it's just, then it's kind of a mess because you're, you're with your family. You don't want to be outwardly upset with somebody, but it's also not okay. And, um, just things like that, like just disrespectful, um, you know, fights about anything. It seems like you had like a set of expectations 
that weren't being, and then frustration would grow. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the fights were like, my expectation isn't being met, but then his response is, well, why is that your expectation? If that weren't your expectation, you wouldn't be upset. It was like a lot of gaslighting um, type stuff of, well, you know, you're, you choose your feelings, you're choosing to be upset. You know, this type of thing wouldn't bother me. So if it bothers you, then you're overly emotional. Why is that a bad thing? Anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. So how long were you engaged for before you called it off? Right? Yes. We were engaged for maybe eight months. Okay. It's pretty long. Yeah. Um, so one day, yeah, we're, we're out with friends and, you know, we're drinking, we're having a good time, boozy brunch. Um, and I, I sort of glance at his phone and he's sending, you know, like a lot, like a lot of like kissy face emoji type stuff that I'm like, sort of weird. And I'm not, I'm not somebody who wants to be reading someone else's phone, but Uh I'm like, what is this? So then I look and it's, you know, it's exactly what you would think it is. And he's texting some other girl. Like, I wish you were here. This day would be so much better if you were here with me. Um, and eventually I just was like, you know, I grabbed the phone, like read back through everything. You know, he'd been, been smart. In and front of like, him? Um, yeah. But he'd been smart and, you know, deleted the threads each day. So like there was only a day's worth of messages, but it was, I mean, it was very clear from the messages what was going on. He sort of tried to deny it, but I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm not stupid. I can read. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, that night went over to my friend's place, spent the night there and, um, went back to our apartment the next day, packed a bag of just a bunch of clothes, went back to stay with my parents. The rent was paid up for the rest of the month. So I'm like, okay, we've split the rent. You take the next two weeks, get your stuff, move out. And, you know, I, we're done. I don't want to hear from you again. And was that the last time you spoke to him? Um, no, I mean, there were some some other conversation and there were some conversations of uh, sort of trying to talk through what happened, um, but more just logistical type, like, okay, I'll be out of the apartment by Saturday. And, um, but yeah, I mean, no, no contact really since I think he, he tried to call me once after um, but I was like, I'm not here to, to comfort you if you're having a lonely day and uh, you know, kindly don't speak to me again. Did the woman that he was talking to know that he was engaged oh yeah yeah I mean it's kind of it's it is actually kind of sad because I mean I know she's younger and I'm sure she thinks she was doing a a good thing of you know this guy who's struggling in his relationship and she's you know being there for him it's like I could really I could see it from her perspective how um and I'm sure I'm sure he told her not so flattering things about me but yeah I mean it's sad to get caught up in something like that and not really know the gravity of it. I think when you're in your early twenties. Yeah, yeah. I can see it in both ways. Like, you know, if she didn't know that's oh, incredibly hurtful as well, mm-hmm. because that means that she was lied to the whole time that she was talking to someone that she thought was single and it turns out wasn't. And even, and then even if she is talking to him and knows that he's engaged, I still there think I've always, I've had this happen to me where I think it's like, it is a form of gaslighting where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, uh, I'm in a really poor relationship. Help me out here. And, right. you know, they're, they look for the, I'm not saying men, I'm just saying in general, like, I think that there's an ego boost that comes to talking to other people who don't see you as responsibilities and obligations. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she may have gotten hurt in the process as well, regardless if she knew or didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you said though that you saw other red flags on the lead up as well. 
Yeah. I mean, looking back, I think about just how often I was upset and I think about conflicts that we would have. And it was a lot of that, um, you know, I'm upset about something and his response being like, well, I wouldn't be upset about this or you're being overdramatic or, um, you know, you choose how you feel. And if, if, if you're upset with me and it ruins our night, then you've ruined our night. He would accuse you of ruining the night. Yeah. Yeah. So if he was 30 minutes late to dinner and I was upset about it and then dinner was unpleasant, I had ruined the night because, you know, I could have just let it go. I didn't have to sit there and be upset. Right. I think by you leaving, there's a different emotional range that you experience because I think you should be proud of yourself just from what we've heard so far. You know, I'm happy that you recognize quickly this is not for me and you remove yourself from that environment because I've seen situations where that's not the case where it's like, well, this is my home. I'm going to stay here. Now we're going to be in, you'll live in the living room and I'll live in the bedroom until we figure it out. Or let's go to therapy and figure this out. But it sounds like you just removed yourself from that situation. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised looking back. Cause I mean, I, I feel like I kind of allowed myself to be walked all over throughout the relationship. So I, I'm kind of surprised that I, you know, there was something, something deep down that stood up for me in that moment. It was just like, no, this is, this is too far. Um, because yeah, I mean, I, I definitely could have seen myself doing that. Um, glad I didn't, but yeah, it was just, I think something that snapped that like, no, I'm absolutely not marrying this person. And yeah, this is just not, not it. So why do you think you held on to that anger then for so long? Are you in a new relationship since then? I, I am in a new relationship. And I think that's what brought me to want to write this closure letter because I found myself and he's, I mean, he's so wonderful. I think all of the things that you say of when you're, when you're not confused, that's when, you know, you're in a good relationship and, and just all those things that, that you say and other people say that seem too good to be true. I'm, I'm finding that they are. And I, I think I was finding myself having a lot of knee jerk reactions to totally innocent things he would do based on this past experience. And it just didn't feel fair to him to be um, persecuting him in this way for, for things that had nothing to do with him. And I didn't want to carry that into this new relationship. I get that. In terms of healing now, what steps have you taken to heal from that previous relationship before or during entering your next relationship? Yeah, I think one of the things was just building my own life as an, as an individual single person and finding the things that I love and that make me happy. Um, one of the things that I was so afraid of when we first broke up was like, how am I going to fill my days? You know, every weekend mm -hmm. is just, there's built-in plans. You spend it with that other person. Like I'm going to wake up on Saturday and like, what am I going to do? And just finding hobbies and things that, that make me happy. And, um, even if it's just like, I go for a walk, I go to the farmer's market, I, I go home, I cook, I read, like just filling my day with things that make me happy, um, choosing what I want to do, not having to be afraid that I'm going to choose something that, that, that he's going to object to and hold against me and just getting out there. Sentence and sentence in yeah. itself is absurd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sentence in yeah. itself is absurd. Like to yeah. choose something to do for the weekend, someone else be upset with you over that choice. Kind of weird. Mm -hmm. No, definitely weird. Um, I think investing in my friendships was another big thing. I, and I, I felt bad about this. I feel like I had sort of not been as close with girlfriends. I've just been so wrapped up in this relationship. And I think really spending more time with him than was healthy, probably in response to knowing that 
that he wasn't, wasn't really in it. So it was like, I need to spend as much time with him as possible to keep him in it because I sense that he otherwise would drift away. Again, in retrospect, not a great solution to try to keep somebody by force. But I think as a result, I'd sort of drifted away from some of my friends. So just reinvesting in those relationships. And um, I mean, having solid girlfriends is so important. And they were they were super supportive. And no one was upset with me for, for how relationships had gotten away from me. But just making those a central part of my life again was really healing. How long do you think it took you to heal? It's taken years. I mean, I don't know if I'm totally past, you know, the, and there's just so many different layers of it of, you know, being treated poorly for the course of, of a few years and then such a shocking betrayal. Um, I think it sort of has gone in, um, in stages where at first I was just so grief stricken and, and I, I was like, I'm never going to find somebody better. I'm going to be alone forever. This was my one chance. And I sort of messed it up and like, what could I have done differently? And then sort of into anger of like, no, well, like, screw you. Like, like, who do you think you are? Like, how dare you do this to me? Um, and then, then into the sort of shame that I mentioned earlier of like, wow, maybe I do hold some responsibility here. I wasn't the one who went out and cheated and, and, you know, did the wrong thing, but, but I, I should have seen some of this coming. At least I should have seen the red flags. I shouldn't have ignored them to keep the parts of the relationship that were good. And yeah, I mean, now I think I feel more, more like I've let more of it go than I, than I ever have, which is a great feeling and at least can acknowledge when those sort of knee jerk triggering feelings come up of like, oh, I'm upset about this, not because of something that's happening right now, but because of something that's happened in the past. And um, I think once you sort of name that, you can let it go more easily. Oh, I like that naming it and then letting it go. I feel like that's actually one of the trigger exercises that, um, Ursula, the other dating coach and matchmaker at Agape does where it's like name the trigger and then mm -hmm. break it down, like break through. Um, I love that. I think I have, I'll, I'll share with you that like there was, I've been, I struggle to like think about which relationship of all, but um, there are two relationships that I think of the most that I think I still, I don't think I have trauma anymore from them, but I had trauma from those two relationships for like a really long time. And the most random things would trigger the trauma. And, you know, the one relationship, I just felt like it was really verbally abusive and a lot of gaslighting and narcissism coming into play. So, you know, because I was so young in that relationship, you know, I was in my early twenties and, you know, you're a college student, you don't have like the funds you have in your mid thirties and all that stuff. It was just a very different experience because you're limited by what, you know, you don't know what you don't know yet. And I find myself not anymore, but I remember in my late twenties and early thirties when I had already met my now husband still having triggers from that and like walking my husband through those, like, Hey, you know, when this happens, don't ever, you know, please never respond this way or do this. And he's like, I would never respond this way. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like, so it was that. And then in my, that second relationship where I felt trembles, a lot of abandonment. You know, he was super avoidant. And while I'm a very secure attachment style, um, I think most secure women might know you meet an avoidant man and it can turn you into an anxious mess. And I just remember feeling like a lot of anxiety and thinking like, well, that'll never happen again. You know, like very adamant about dating secure men after the fact. I find that what you said is very, the very good way to heal. Like 
if you don't identify the trigger, you keep reliving that experience. And it's just kind of like, it's kind of like the Grand Canyon. You just keep adding more layers to it. And it just makes it a lot harder to dig back to like the beginning. And I think when I was reading your closure letter, where you kind of walk yourself in this closure letter through what you experienced, I think that's where it kind of like, kind of, I felt that because it was like, oh, this is her digging the layers down. Yeah. There were definitely a lot of layers. It's weird to look back. Like I don't really even recognize that person from you know, a few years ago who was just devastated and thought that, you know, I'd lost the love of my life and and what am I going right. to do? It's like, it just, it's not even recognizable anymore. I think that's the best part is when you can't recognize that person, you know, recently someone asked me this question, like, you know, Oh, what if he comes back? Cause people know that I always say like, you know, the one that God, the God away just does not exist. That's not a concept mm-hmm. that I personally believe in. And for any new listeners who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I'll explain it really quick. But like, I don't believe that the one that got away because I believe we live in a four dimensional world, uh, which is, you know, long longitude, latitude, height, like your distance off the ground and time. So anonymous, if she is standing on 34th street and fifth Avenue, um, at 11 AM on a Friday, she is not going to be the same anonymous next Friday at 11 AM standing on the same corner because time has happened. One of the, one of the dimensions has shifted and she has hopefully grown as a person that week or had different experiences. So she's not the same person. So if you date someone at this moment, it doesn't work out. That doesn't mean that's not the one that got away. It's just, it just was not supposed to happen and it could happen in the future, but they're certainly not the one that got away. And so one of the things that I hear sometimes is like, you know, oh, I dated him six years ago and now he's coming back. And I, you know, I think I want to be with him. I know you say don't date exes, but what do you think? And I'm like, well, do you think you've changed the last six years? Doesn't matter that he wants you. Don't give this person all the power. Do you, what do you think you like this person? Are you the same person you were six years ago? Like in reflecting back, anyone listening to this, especially if you're over 30, think back to what your type was when you were 21. Is that the same person? Yeah. Well, a lot of people, it's not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I've, I mean, I've had friends ask, and I think some of them, they think, you know, maybe it's a way to, to comfort you of, well, you know, like maybe, maybe he'll, he'll come back. Or if he were to call you, do you think you would want to see him again? And I'm like, no, I mean, and not in a, I mean, certainly not in a romantic way. Also not in a friendly sort of, you know, I think this is just the past. And even if he called and said he wanted to apologize, it would be like, okay, well, I don't really need to hear it. Like this apology is for you. It's not for me. And um, I mean, no, and I, I'm a different person now. And I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, it's hard to forget how I was treated. I mean, I know people can change and I don't want to hold that against anyone, but it would, it would be tough to, to square away the ways that I'd been treated and just agree that that's, that that's okay. I feel like for someone to come back, they'd have to really be able to explain why things are different now and not just like, oh, hey, I've been thinking about you. Right. And I think there is also growth on both ends. Like, you know, he could be introspective and say, I've changed, but you've also changed from mm-hmm. that too. So even if he did come back, as I mentioned before, you're no longer the same person. Yeah. You're a little more weathered. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, you're in this new relationship. How long have you been dating? Um, Almost a year now. Pandemic relationship. Like yeah. Great. It's yeah, it's going great. How'd you meet? Um, we met through mutual friends. Yeah, I mean, it's going really well. He's just a very good person. Communication is very easy. He he cares about 
how I feel. I mean, I think one of the first things that really stood out to me, and I mean, this sounds kind of sad, but in comparing this with my last relationship, you know, I got upset with him about something and his response was not to get defensive or attack me. It was to apologize and want to understand why what he did made me feel bad. And it wasn't about trying to convince me I shouldn't have felt bad or trying to defend his actions. It was like, wow, I'm so sorry. Like, how do we avoid this in the future? But I mean, he's done everything he said. I mean, communication has been clear. I've never questioned where I stand with him. Um, and I mean, we just, we have so much fun together. I mean, I think I was worried that I might find a guy who's nice and, you know, I get along with their family and, and all of those like nice to have things. But I mean, there's also just so much fun, um, so much passion. Like it's just, it's all of the good things about past relationships plus so much more. And let's go back to the original question. So what drove you then to finally do the closure letter? And do you feel like that was the final piece of healing? Or do you feel like that's at a closer place to healing? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say it's the final place. I definitely feel much closer than I have. I think what finally um, made me write the closure letter, me and him had gotten into a pretty big fight. And I realized after that it was you know, maybe 10% what he had done, but the the extent to, to where the fight had gotten, it had just gotten so out of hand, the point where we were like, you know, are we breaking up? And I realized that the escalation was really my fault. And it was based on how I was based on this past relationship of, you know, attacking this new guy, because I felt like, you know, things he had done were signs he didn't care about me when really it's, it was just all these past triggers. And it was just, it had gone so much further than it needed to go. And I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't want that for, for myself or for him or for this relationship. And I mean, the just, I think for a while, the, the anger um, was probably protective. And if you're, you're angry, you're not sad, but it was just no longer serving me. So I wanted to find a way to let it go. How did you feel about me emailing and being asking if you want to be on the podcast? Oh my gosh. I was so, I was, well, first of all, I was honored because I mean, I listen to your podcast every week and it's, you have amazing guests. Um, but I was also definitely nervous. Um, but I mean, I, I've seen, I mean, this was a horrible breakup for me. It's, I can't even put into words how devastated I was when it happened. Um, and I've seen friends go through similar things. And, you know, if, if listening to this would give anyone hope that there is a much brighter future out there after something that seems sort of life shattering, then I would love to help anyone feel that way. Well, I really appreciate you sharing this journey to, you know, it's not about getting into a better relationship at all. It's actually about having a better relationship with yourself. And it seems like you, I think, I think you may have learned that you had underestimated your courage. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, just, yeah, being happy in my own company, I think um, I mean, I was single for a long time. This breakup was three years ago and I've only been seeing this new guy for a little under a year. And I, I realized just how much I love my own company. And um, I was not about to, you know, to, to date someone seriously, I had to enjoy being with him more than I enjoyed being with myself, which kind of became a high bar. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that because I know even dating this new guy, I, I love him and I see a life with him, but I don't, I don't need him. Like if, if things were to end, it would be very sad, but like, I, I would be okay. And that's a nice thing to know. I love that. I think that's amazing. I think that's such a great way to, to put it. And what a great way to end this episode. 
Anonymous, thank you so much for coming to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and how I can help you, visit agavimatch.com. The link is in the episode notes. You can also follow me on Instagram at matchmakermaria for more dating and relationship content. As I mentioned, this is the end of season one. I can't believe it. We're here. It's amazing. I am so happy and humbled. Um, But in the next coming weeks, you're going to hear some of my favorite episodes. And we'll be back in September with season two hotline edition. Uh, As I mentioned in a previous episode, if you want to be on the hotline, just follow me on Instagram. I'll be doing hotline office hours uh, a few times a month and you just pop in and we have a one-on-one conversation. I answer your question, whatever that may be. And, uh, And then hopefully you'll hear it in an upcoming episode of Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you so much again for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. Be lovable and more importantly, be likable. Enjoy the rest of your summer.